You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 249 of PHP Ugly, where we promise to be more informative than a cyber symposium held by a fellow salesman, and we will also try to be more truthful. I am your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. By what kind of salesman? <laughs> Hello! Salesman. Wow, that was way too loud. Tom right up. Uh, hi. Was that a pillow? I'm so confused. You really don't watch like anything, do you? Like you don't stay have, current on absolutely I, anything I in the world. I stay current on everything and have no idea what he's talking about. What? You guys really? Are you? I, I don't. I do, I do not stay current because I do not watch news with the kids, and uh, I just so that I is good. Okay, so last week. Uh, Mike Lindell, the the my pillow sales oh, guy, pillow had, salesman, pillow, pillow. I thought pillow, you said pillow. hello. I thought he, I thought he was trying to say Peloton, but the saying Pella, pillow, pillow, yes. Pillow. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Mike Lindell's insane. Well, held he's it, been insane held, for years. Yes. For 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 listeners who might be out of the country or not sure what we're talking about, held his cyber, uh, cyber security, uh, um symposium that was going to just blow the lid off uh, the fact that the election was stolen, undisputed evidence about the attack from China, and it just totally fizzed out. And on top of that, (laughs) during the symposium, he got news that Dominion, which is the one of the uh, manufacturers of the voting machines, were, were they were cleared to continue their lawsuit of like one point five billion dollars against them? Yeah, and he, he freaked out just a little bit, running <laughs> off stage. <laughs> well, so uh, it turns out actions have consequences. Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah, and apparently the 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 reward that he has on the table to prove that his evidence isn't valid is now been removed he's no longer offering this whatever it was five yeah. million dollar reward that's generally not how evidence works <laughs> usually so, evidence uh, evidence earns you the reward not yeah. has a reward if shown to be true that's so uh, bad that's week for thing. mike lindell in the cyber world bad week for for a lot of these uh idiots organizations who uh pointed their finger at dominion because they're suing hard like Billions of dollars oh, yeah. worth of lawsuit. Well, they have to so, because their name has just gotten dragged absolutely. through the mud completely. I mean, they might not exist as a business next, you know, next election. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I'm totally on board with it. And this, and this is the only way you can really, with that amount of damage that they try to uh, kind of put on Dominion, this is the only way they can recoup on it is to do an equal amount of damage to them, which in this case is going to be financial. Yeah. And I guess the uh, the margin on pillows stuffed with cut up pieces of memory foam is pretty good. So he's got the money to pay. I don't know. It's I think a billion over a billion dollars. I don't know if he has that. I don't well, know. Charlton in Discord is saying that the Mike Lindell lawsuit is just one hundred and seventy five million. 
Oh, okay. Where, where am I getting the billion uh, figure from? I believe... Uh, making it up off the top of your head? No, I believe that the one and a half billion is the is the lawsuit against uh, Giuliani and the Trump organization. Mm. Okay. It's so weird. And I know we try to, we try hard to avoid politics on the show, but this, this had interweaved with our industry so tightly, we couldn't avoid it anymore. I mean, it was, there was no way not to discuss some of this politics that was being, that was happening and, and some of the accusations being tossed around about the cyber piece of it. So, and I don't think we shied away from secure, uh, politics as much as you think we should have. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Especially well, I, during, during the height of it, we definitely didn't. I don't, think it, I don't think it was politics after a certain point, but I, I agree with opinion. that. No, I agree. It, 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 was, it was, I don't know what it was. Treason? How was everybody's Anyways. work week? I was going to say, look at us starting earlier, more closely to on time. That's crazy. I know, I know. I'm uh, nice. I'm actually excited. How's your week, John? It, my week was good, very good. I I did my first technical interview for Phone Burner this week. We I've sat in with interviews with you with, when we've hired people at Diego Dev. You are the master at talking to people and working through those. That's why you have so many podcasts. You, as much as you hate yourself talking, especially on podcasts, you, you are so good at it. You're, it's like an art form. So stop, stop. <laughs> so, so, so I, I sat through and I did my first one this week. It went decently well. I, luckily, I had notes from the person that normally does it, who's on vacation this week, and I thought it went well. It, it was yeah. it was a good learning experience. So, so you're looking to they were they were looking to onboard somebody or yeah they're bringing an, uh, another person on they had somebody uh, quit to go make a movie what <laughs> how cool is that yeah so he's making a little indie film about uh, college radio stations ah you, very you've heard cool. you've you've heard his stuff uh, he's done a couple of uh, like rap songs. That I've shared in Slack. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that guy. Oh, so, yeah. neat. He's talented. Happy for him. I like when people <laughs> leave to pursue, like, not just pursue more money, but to pursue a dream or something they want to to accomplish. Okay, I feel yeah. personally attacked there. My my dream is more money. Touche, <laughs> <laughs> touche. Uh, the person I talked to, he was leaving because he wanted to work he wanted to work with developers better than him he's kind of newer to the industry and again that's another one of those if you're leaving to better yourself you're that's admirable in my opinion see it's always easy for me because everybody's better than me so (laughs) you just hire people (laughs) i just hire people i don't need to quit That's, that's why that's why it seems like I'm good because like I I ask questions and like, uh, so like uh, what's this mean and you're thinking oh no he knows that no I don't know shit. <laughs> uh, we I also had a uh, dealt with an outage uh, last night. It's so annoying, but uh, there was a new feature released and just within the code, if you go to get a config value and it's not there. An exception is thrown, and if you're not prepared for it, 
that feature breaks, which makes sense. The mm-hmm. problem was this was in a service provider that was called on every single page, so the entire site was down because we were missing con- config values. Oh, that but hurts. Figured it out, got it up and running quick. Is what it is. How about you, Tom? Me. <laughs> Oh, uh, I've been working on math, uh, which has well, that's the, it, it's done. I finished it up this week, got it out, got it, uh, got it done and dealt with. And it's, I hate math, but like, <laughs> it's a thing I'm going to have to get used to now. Uh, and you you're know, in, you're in fintech. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know <laughs> it's, it's annoying. Uh, and just, you know, working away, dealing with having uh, teenagers with driver's licenses and and being that, you know, constantly afraid whenever they're not home. That's, oh, yeah. It's wonderful. It doesn't go away anytime soon either. I yeah. Did a uh, did a self-review this week, which Already? Yeah. That's I'm I'm at 3 months now. So we're doing that that 3 month period thing and uh turns out I am not good at self-reviews. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 out of well, five. Well, you know, they want examples of they want examples of things I've done well this, uh, you know, the last three months. And I'm like, I don't remember what I did two days ago. Like, I, I can't. There was this one thing. No, that doesn't count. No, that was a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. And then like, well, yeah. what do you what do you need? What do you need to work on? What uh, what have you had issues with? And I'm like, OK, where do I start? Uh, thesis, thesis statement. And then paragraphs of, of information and for some reason i can remember the uh, the faults very clearly so my <laughs> self-review looks like i'm going to fire myself <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna have to let myself go <laughs> yeah so is this a yeah is this a normal practice is this a normal practice or is this some, just something you guys do after three months uh well we don't have a, a normal practice this is sort of. I like, mean, I I, I ask because uh, I, I I worked at a company where you had your yearly evaluation was a self evaluation, so it was it was your responsibility to track everything you did all year long. So when your evaluation came around, you could put it on this evaluation. I, I hated it. It it was a very long evaluation too. It wasn't like hey two or three questions. It it was this whole. Oh, this was two was questions. This was just what good, what bad. Yeah. Um, but. I knowing my company, I wouldn't be surprised if it's done every three months. I I'd be surprised. I, I could see it being three months after you're hired, and then a yearly type thing. Every three months seems a bit much. It does yeah. my my company is very focused on making sure everyone is doing the best they can do and is as happy with the work environment as they can be. So they take a there's a lot of stuff that we do that takes an hour out of your week every two or three weeks, but it's very beneficial. Um, you know, we do at the end of a sprint, we do a sprint review and then we do a sprint, uh, a retrospective. Mm-hmm. So we, we do both for every sprint and they're <clears> about an hour long each. Um, and then we do a sprint planning that has the entire dev team and, uh, so there's a lot of, we have a lot of stuff like that. That's just sort of, this is part of how we work is, is making sure checking in on everybody. You know, we do a standup every morning, uh, over video where we could just use a standup Alice app or something like that. Thanks. Uh, but <clears throat> like, yeah, we, the, the company takes the time to make sure people's input keeps getting heard and keeps going back into the project managers and the, the people who are working on stuff. That reminds me that. We have that through Gusta, where 
employees can fill out a survey about the company. And man, we get a torn a new one every month. I saw <laughs> saw a little bit of drama. It wasn't meant to be drama. I just, you know, there there are certain times where you get great reviews, and then you get one question. You're like, uh, I wish somebody would talk to me about this, so I knew what was going on. Now, I want to be clear here. The message that you sent, roughly, was like, hey, let us know what's going on. We're not trying to call anybody out. Let you let us know how you feel. This is an anon- anonymous thing. Uh, this is just your opinions, and we want to know how you know everyone's happy and everything like that. The message immediately before your message was, quote, unquote, we ain't no snitches. <laughs> I forgot about that. So I'm just saying, just that. <laughs> what What's funny is John and I are, are very hands on, you know, in the muck with the team, getting things done. And we're constantly having the conversation of how would we want to be treated in this situation if, if we were put in a situation. And so like these evaluations, when, when they were first brought up and we realized they were anonymous, they're like, oh, cool, man, anonymous, you know, so everybody can let their guard down, respond. There's no way for us to know who sent this. But after like three or four readings, we're like, who the fuck sent this? Turn off anonymous. How do we tell who sent this? I'm tracking IPs. <laughs> That's we're, true. We're they actually they actually don't even know if I'm one of the people who responded to this survey. <laughs> very, very well could be. So, if you got one, it's, that, hel- it's if helpful. If you got one that was upset that uh, that Eric kept refusing my advances, <laughs> that might have been me. <laughs> I, I I do love these these survey. I, I'm sure the team finds them annoying. Because they come out every month, and and only a, a few people respond to them. Yeah, but they they really give insight. I can imagine a, a larger company of like twenty or thirty employees where it's very, it's a little different with us because we're small enough. I I literally talk to everybody, you know, at least once a week, typically more times than once a week. So it, that's easy. But if the company was bigger, where it's not realistic that you're going to talk to everybody every week. Uh, I just see this sort of thing. I, I love. I wish I had this at some of the places I worked in the past because it just looks. It's nice. It really gives us a lot of information. I don't know how the people filling it out feel when they do it. Like if if they if they have any guilt or, or if they're holding back or anything. But I don't know. I like them. They're good. All right, Eric. How was your week? I had. Well, I. I want to kind of continue down that pattern. Well, I, I guess before I do that, it went. It's been good, John. It's been hectic. My world is turning upside down very quickly, and I'm terrified and don't know what to do about it. But we are putting our house here in San Diego on market probably the end of this month. So we have the realtor come out, go through the house, give us some assessments on what they, he felt they could get for it. And he's actually the one helping us out looking for a new place as well, which is going to remain here in Southern California, which I, I'm happy, I guess, for. I mean, uh, I do like being in Southern California, uh, so I, I am glad that, that we are staying here. Uh, but we've kind of narrowed our, our kind of areas down a little bit. Some of, a couple of them are outside San Diego County. Uh, some way of them are still outside. here. No, so two questions. <laughs> Have you told your kids that you're moving no we don't want them to find us the second Jesus. question yeah second question was have you told them that they're not coming with you 
Yeah, well, we have had we have had the discussion, and there's there's kind of a mixed reaction right now on on what everybody wants to do. I mean, again, my kids, twenty three year old adults, they're they're twins, so they're both twenty three. This isn't as jarring as telling your you know twelve year old that you're tearing them away from their friends and everything. Um, that yeah. it's not fun, <laughs> but all of a sudden, like just so many wheels are in motion, and like. So many big numbers are being tossed around, and it's just it's insane. So I, I don't much, I don't know. Do how much value add was the uh, the hydroponics garden that you built, or the aquaponics? I mean, that's so, so that's adds fifty thousand, right? That's actually one of the things I'm looking at in the new house is, is where, where to put my aquaponics. <laughs> one of the houses had a koi pond. Uh, but we're we're very focused on a pool, right? We like we like our pool. We have a pool currently, and we really want to continue to have a pool. Um, which I'm on board. But this one house that we looked at had turned their pool into a koi pond, and they kept saying, "All you have to do is drain it, clean it, and it's a pool again." And no, I'm telling, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. I'm telling Beck, I'm like, no, no, no. We keep it a koi pond. I build my aquaponics right there on the hill, and it just feeds it feeds everything. She wasn't buying it. Yeah. Like, nope, I'm not paying for that. That's not happening. <laughs> so, uh, but, okay, so to continue down the path of what we we're talking about, it's sort of a similar topic. Uh, Google, it, it was leaked this week that Google has a, um, a survey that people can fill out and say whether or not they plan on uh, working, continuing to work remote or if they're going to start coming back into the office. Yeah. And depending on how they respond, apparently their salaries are changing. This is something we're all familiar with. We're all remote workers. We've all been remote, remote workers for a while. Our company is totally remote. So these are conversations that John and I have a lot. What? Let me ask. Let, let's start with Tom. What is your perspective on this? If there's a company that offers remote work but wants to pay you differently depending on where you live. Then I don't work for them. Okay, so you so you don't agree with that practice? You think that's a bad practice? Pay is how a company shows that they appreciate the work that you do. Mm-hmm. It is not a matter of uh, where you live or uh, uh, what you do in your spare time. Usually, oh, I disagree with that on the premise of we're still in this transition phase. But I I, I think that the common hiring practice was based on where the company's based with the with the concept of the employees need to have a, a living wage so, to live in, in this area. So all evidence shows that remote workers are more productive, mm-hmm. cost the company less money, mm-hmm. and are happier with their jobs. Uh, and Correct. by evidence, okay. by evidence but, I mean but, actual but, scientific studies – multiple times throughout I'm, the world. I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to debate you on any of that. So for but, a company but, to say, you're, but you're missing, but you're missing what what Eric is talking about. <clears throat> go, what, going the cost with of living a, part. Cost of, cost of living being a big one. You go with a big company that is spread regionally or across the country. If they are hiring you in a certain area, they're going to pay you a wage based on that area. No. Okay. Yes, so, so, no. So, I mean, I mean, yeah. That's the, <laughs> yes, that's, they will. That's the theoretical. Right, so, co- that's theoretical. So, that's so, theoretically so hold true, on, hold on. I'm not down for let, that. Please, 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 
Honor. I'm not done asking my questions. Let's continue down this path then. So based on your on your response that your pay is a reflection of our appreciation of your work work effort, okay? That that was the comment you made. Then why is it that different states, different locations have different pay scales for the same position. So being an IT person because they can. In, the, in Nebraska has a different pay scale than being an IT worker in San Francisco. On location, like d- mandatory on location stuff, absolutely nope. that applies. So if you're a, if you're a wire, okay, okay. If you're a wire jockey so, in an office building, they're going to have to pay you to live so in the city. Pump the brakes in. You, you, you're, so you're defending Google. You're saying because Google is based in Silicon Valley, the fact that they want to pay on-premise workers more money than they pay remote workers is an acceptable practice. You, you just, you just pivoted yeah, abs- on that. Abs- absolutely, but you can't. Okay. But you can't so, apply so you, that retroactively. I don't think they're. I don't think they're. I don't think they're suggesting to okay. apply it. Retroactively. And, and I'm talking about. I'm talking. Yeah, they are applying it retroactively. They're. They're saying you're going to make. You're going to take a pay cut because you want to stay home from work or you want to. You want to work from home. But their job, if they're well, doing it remotely, their job means that they can do it remotely. They don't need to be in the office. If you don't need to be in the office. You don't have to pay someone to live in the city. Now, the other thing on this mm-hmm. is that the studies over the last year and a half have come out on housing prices and housing prices in the suburbs are going up and city housing prices are going down because people don't aren't being forced to live in the city. So that money that they were spending on people living in the city so that they could get to work quicker, that money that they were bonus adding was their own fault. They were requiring people to live in the city. Therefore, the prices in the city kept going up and up and up. So you can't blame the person who says, screw you. I want to keep my paycheck. But I want to work remotely because I'm happier, more more productive, and more cost efficient for the company. They're trying to but, double but, dip. No, they're not trying to. They, well, I, so I, I see both uh, sides of this. Obviously, go ahead, John. Sure. No, I, I was going to say, cutting someone's pay is unacceptable. That's what they're doing. The results of right, this, right, the, right, the results I, of the I, survey, I the results of the survey I, were: I if you live in the city, you get no pay cut. If you live out in the suburbs, you can get your pay cut by up to 15%. So this was pay cuts for people who were sent home and then asked to come back. And when they said, I'm actually well, more efficient at home, they're taking a pay cut. But but again, when they were hired, part of the responsibility was to be on premise. So that's like saying, you sure, saying. So, so they can quit. Uh, so, so, right, they they can absolutely quit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying they can't quit. I'm saying, do we think the practice is acceptable? You're bouncing back and forth on it. Uh, no, no, I'm uh, saying, so, I'm saying. So, hold on, let me let me get my question out. You keep interrupting all right. me. All right, all right. So let, let's let's say tomorrow you go into the office and you say, hey, you know, I I love my new job. I, I just did my evaluation, but you know what? I don't want to do this one part anymore. I don't want to participate in the 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 meetings anymore. And they say, well, that's part of your job. Well, I don't want to do it anymore. It's like, okay, well, then you can continue to work here, but we're going to reduce your salary because that was part of your responsibility before. Absolutely. So that's that's basically what Google is saying. They're saying, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is what Google is saying. They have every right to say it. It's not an ethically bad thing for them to do. It's bad business. It is a stupid move by Google. No one is saying that this is immoral, unethical, or wrong in any kind of legal way. They're saying this is a stupid thing for Google to do because people will take that pay cut, stay in their house, and find a new job. It's a stupid move. I, I don't. I, I I don't disagree with with that. I and I don't know if I agree with you saying it's not unethical. I, I 
They, no, I mean, like as far as business ethics go, it's not. I'm not talking about the there, ethics. There's of, no such thing as right. Business I'm, ta- I'm not talking about the ethics of people. I'm saying that it's not unethical in a legal sense. It's not breaking an ethics boundary that they could be sued for. It's just hmm. dumb. They're, it's just a bad. It's just a bad idea, poorly executed, and it's got them a lot of bad press. It's definitely a bad idea to cut people's pay that are that you've already hired. Yeah, when and who have to, been working through the pandemic for a year and a half. When you go to hire somebody, I don't know that that's the same case. So would you would you say it would have been better for them to just not even offer this as an option and just require them to come back on premise if that was the direction they were going? I would say that they need to completely reassess the reason that they did it in the first place. Having people John, on what premise, you, what, what you think? Having on pe- forcing people to be on premise is a bad call. And there's a lot of people in America who are stuck on this idea that remote work doesn't work. And many of them moved on to other companies that focus on remote work exclusively. What do you think, John? I, I'm in the same boat where I see both sides. When I was hired as my as a remote employee, my very first time, I was living in Florida, and they told me that pay was based on where you live. And at the time I'm like, well, wait, I'm, I know for a fact I'm moving to San Diego. Like, uh, yes, I live in Florida right now, but I am moving. So I need, if that's the case, I need that taken into account right now. But, but if it was, but if it was the other way around where I was hired in San Diego, pay being paid San Diego prices. And then I decided to move somewhere else which I did. I'd be pissed. I know you, mm-hmm. you went through this. I'd be pissed if my pay was cut because all of a sudden I was moving to a more cost-effective location. So that's the same thing. I, I do not think Google should, or anybody should change somebody's pay just because they're now working remote no matter where they're located. But it can be taken into consideration when you're going to hire somebody. I, I think any time that you hear a company tell people, you have to move or else, and they're already an employee... You consider well, that a bad company to work with. I, I don't think that. I don't think anybody, anybody's doing that. I don't think John was put in that position, and I don't think Google is really putting anybody in that position. I, I don't think this is. I, I'm not there. I don't know. But as far as I know, this, this is this is impacting everybody who was on premise at one time. All right. Well, Sarah ended the conversation. She says that <laughs> pay scales are also dependent on genitals. It's not like this is new. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. That's that's, uh, that's a, yeah. That's why Eric makes. Okay, uh, so, so what? Do we make that's that's why we always request it. Never mind. <laughs> what 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 do you think of John's John's assessment of he was told that your your pay is going to be based on where you live because we we have that we have people we have people all over the world what what do you think you know of 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 that like i don't i don't take those interviews i'm not asking (laughs) if you take i'm asking your opinion on it i think it's dumb Mm -hmm. i i think that i think fundamentally you can look for people who are operating within your time zone or keeping the same hours as your head office things like that but if you're looking for a remote worker then where they live doesn't matter. They could live next door to the office and never come in, or they could live in a different country. But where they live so, so you, is irrelevant to how much you pay somebody for the, the job they do for you. So what do you base that salary on then? So if I if I had an employee in, let's say, one employee in West Virginia, one employee in La Jolla, which is a, a ritzy place here in San Diego, for, mm-hmm. for those who don't know, uh, and one employee in in 
Tennessee, uh, I'm just think, or Alabama, whatever another uh, low cost of living state is. Louisiana. In the US. Okay, Louisiana. So you're saying all three of the, those should make the same amount based on what? Based on the skill set and the requested uh, paycheck from the employee being interviewed. So, so people, I, I'm so always people, told. Oh, so so based on the re- what's requested by the employee being interviewed. So I'm always told so, to ask for how much money I want. I have never once been told how much money they're offering for a position. Right. So but what you just said is, as an employer, we should pay the same to everybody, no matter where they're at in the world. But if I hire somebody in China and they say, hey, I want $10,000 a year to, to do the same job somebody here making 100K makes, it's okay. Now I'm confused. If you're talking about someone in China who produces the same quality of code and works within the means, the needs of the company... Absolutely. If I moved to China and I kept the same hours you're, and no one Wait, wait, you, you just said absolutely. And there's two sides to that coin. Right. The reason that we outsource things to India is because the code is produced faster, but it's lower quality. No, let's not, let's not go there. Let's, they're doing the same let's, exact let's not, job. The person asked for $10,000 a year. Same quality. Let's, let's assume... Let, let, let's not get into the politics of of outsourcing to third world countries because of whatever. Let's just assume the person in India or China or wherever does, produces the same quality of code, maybe even better quality of code than somebody here in San Diego. And yeah, so and they to, ask for ten thousand dollars. Yeah, absolutely, hire them now but because they're out of country. You have can... to account for certain things. But yeah, if the person's if a person is willing to work for ten thousand dollars and they're a fantastic programmer and works within your needs, okay. Well, that that applies to the states too. If if I'm interviewing somebody in Alabama and they say I'll be happy making fifty thousand dollars a year, that I'm paying absolutely. somebody doing the same exact work a hundred thousand in San Diego. Now you're saying right. it's okay, and I'm right. I, no, I'm I'm saying that the employee dictates their own their own idea of value, and there will always be people who underestimate their value and accept a paycheck for a lower amount of money. That's why, as so, programmers, when we increase our skills, we become a rarer commodity. And so the, our value is dictated by the rarity of us as a commodity. Excellent, well, our, our, excellent programmers cost more money no matter where they're living. Yeah, but our, our needs, our value often is based in our own mind, based on cost of living. What it's going to cost me to right. live in the nice the, the house I have or a nicer house and everything. Yeah, so abs- absolutely. I, exactly. So I know my pay scale for my area. So, so based, based on everything you're telling me, then I can make a prediction that – this remote working situation that we're all loving right now that we're embracing is going to turn on us eventually because people in in states that cost of living is lower can start underbidding jobs and people in states where this technology is based and in, in, you know have a higher cost of living are going to not get those positions now I, I say I, I will agree with you. But you're also you're also shorthanding why lower cost of living why people live in lower cost of living areas. And it's not just that know, it's, it's not just that it's cheaper for the exact same house or the exact same food. No, they're there I mean, because that's where they're born, raised, their families there. They they like Alabama, they like Tennessee, they like right. What there's a million reasons they could. I don't care why they live there. I'm just saying they're better programmers than I am, and I'm I'm going to all of a sudden get priced out of my out of my field because they're they're not here anymore if they're better programmers than you but oh, oh yeah they but are. but area <laughs> we've already had to we, <laughs> go back to the we, we started about this. <laughs> no no but but 
the 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 issues that in Alabama you don't see a lot of people who are better programmers than you because their system, their educational system is in charge of teaching them programming and it's the worst in the country. So yeah, I'm not, your you competition. Can't bank on that. No, no. I mean, I'm talking like the the cost of living and the quality of the school district are directly linked to each other. So when you look at what people who are who are doing work based off of intelligence and training and education, they will always be in the higher cost of living areas. And yes, the the cities how, how much, the cities are going to take how, a hit. How much of how much of your education factored into your professional career? Hundred percent. I mean, the, how much of my, how much of my, have. how much of living in a very upper class neighborhood in San Diego led to me getting my career? Hundred percent, because I I had friends whose fathers were programmers, CTOs, who took me on as a favor to their friends. Okay, you're you're going off course. Never mind. No, I'm saying Forget that these. That. No, this, no this you're, is the you're going off course because because we're we're leveling the the playing field. My point was none of your schooling factored into to your professional career. I know that as a fact based on the conversations you and I had. Very little. Of my I was the programming teacher my at my school. <laughs> If you're listening to the show live, you may want to join us in discord.phpugly.com. The this conversation is blowing up. If you're listening to the audio podcast later, you still want to join Discord. We have got a great conversation going on here. We've got Kevin in here talking about living expense definitely does factor into this. Uh Sarah Goldman and uh Charlton buttery. and uh, buttery are all just saying, you know, we, we need to get over it and stop uh, crying. And, and if you want to join us, it's discord.phpugly.com. And that's where we will learn about the drink I'm drinking tonight. Pas- what are you drinking tonight? It's urine. Is that in oh, it, it does look like urine. I do admit that. He's, um, he's gone so, ultra vegan. It's now only only things his body <laughs> produces. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so that's uh, so, ascendant uh, here. Oh, for fuck's sakes, said he was drinking pastis. And I was like, oh, I got to try that. And I actually bought it a week or two ago and finally decided to break it out for tonight. And I do got to say, I enjoy it. Maybe not for a late night. I can definitely see this being more of a <laughs> afternoon, evening type of drink, but it's good. <laughs> Sarah Goldman pastis. says it's weird that I always refer to them as Sarah Goldman. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's I think it's wait, weird wait. that you you talk to us through YouTube chat when you're in our Discord. Yes. I don't I think that's weird, Sarah and, Goldman. And we, and we want people to know that it's you specifically because we're so honored that you hang out with us. I do take a, a certain amount of pride. Speaking since we're talking about her, I, I did put her GitHub link on my Trello board. She has Uh-oh. she has the Mars twenty twenty helicopter contributor achievement because she contributed to i believe the curl package and it was used on the mars uh helicopter so she has wait an what yeah how cool is that sarah goldman no just sarah how have, it's just sarah <laughs> how have you not told me this she tweeted it Ex- yeah, pay attention I, I don't like her that much i don't pay attention to her tweets <laughs> i just <laughs> Wait, where's where's this? Show me. I I got the link to the GitHub on the the bottom left. Achievements, the little red one that has the the Mars helicopter on it. What? You have code in outer space? 
on another planet. Yeah, actually, it's technically not so, in outer space anymore. <laughs> I am absolutely amazed. Cool. I love this it's stuff. Cool. I love this stuff so much. Oh, man. See all the cool stuff you get by hanging out with us in Discord? That's so awesome. <laughs> yes. What better for, than an acknowledgement from NASA than an acknowledgement from us? It's not PHP on Mars. <laughs> it's Curl. It's not... <laughs> uh, PHP on Mars, though, amazing album. <sighs> <laughs> PHP on Mars. I think somebody, somebody suggests that as a title, so I don't forget, please. PHP Already Mars. done. It's, it's, there yeah. you go. I like that. I think that, I think that might be our. Uh, I think that might be our. T- that's our running title so far. Awesome. There, there, there's been a lot of good ones suggested already. Yeah, good conversation going on, man. Uh, yeah. So I, we don't we don't have to beat it up anymore. I, I was curious when I saw that because this is a position that John and I find ourselves in a lot, and uh, we've I think we've we've been pretty good about uh, the way we've done things. I, I got another question for you, Tom. Oh, good, John. Did you have something? I was going to finish it by saying I agree with Tom that often the the employee will kind of dictate because we do the same thing. We ask, "What are you expecting to make?" and in, try to decide is it within our within our budget or not to pay them what they want. I got I, actually I got a question for both of you because I don't I don't think this is a conversation you and I have had, John, and you and I have some pretty deep conversations. So, what are your thoughts on having? But so. When when I worked, especially when I worked in enterprise, there was always this: don't tell anybody how much you make. Like that was always like the, the 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 marching orders: don't let anybody know how much you're making. You know, somebody's always making less, somebody's always making more. Just know that you're you're know, you're in the top eighty percentile, you're in the top whatever. How do you feel about that not being the rule and everybody knowing how much everybody makes? Because I've also worked in, in union shops. Where that was the case, everybody knew what yeah. everybody was making. There was literally a chart, and and there was no surprises. What are your opinions on those two paradigms? Uh, I mean, I'm glad you brought up union shop because that's the difference in the paradigm. It, it is non-union shops are good for employees who make the most money. Um, unionization helps people who are not making the most money. And in that same vein, and I think it's wrong for a company to say, don't discuss your pay, but I think it's good advice if you're in the top tier of earners in the company. Why is that? Because top tier earners are usually in management or middle management positions, and you want the employees to focus on the work and not the financial disparity between employees. Okay. Uh, you also so you're, don't, you're saying it, you're saying a general practice is just discourage the sharing of that information in a, in a competitive environment. Um, okay. If someone asked me, I'd tell them, but it's not something like I volunteer. Uh, and yeah. it can also be it, it can create problems for your employer. Um, I Absolutely. Worked, I worked for a company where I was the I was getting paid more than my boss, and my boss didn't know, and we just so, wanted to but, keep it. But that is way. that healthy? But is no, that healthy? No. I mean, it's not right. It's not. And, and it's but, absolutely but did, not. But did you know that? Yes, I did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. See, that's see that that's an argument. See, how's that fair for your boss? It's not at right? all. I mean, not at all. It's not. So so and, why? And, would, and it was it was it was a sign. His boss is remote. No. <laughs> 
It was a sign. It was a sign of poor financial health of the company as well. Is that you know the company didn't do reviews and didn't offer raises. You had to force the subject. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm in the I'm in the same boat as Sarah, where I was raised. You don't talk about finances. I was totally you raised that way, don't. but I was also raised that it's not a, it's not top secret. And mm-hmm. what's fair for all employees is most often fair for you. So. So wait a minute. Now you guys are saying Sarah Goldman in discord.phpugly.com is saying fairness isn't the goal. I thought that's exactly what we were just talking about with remote workers. <laughs> fairness is the goal <laughs> about of the union. <laughs> fairness confused. is the goal of the I, union. I don't know where to stand on this anymore. I'm so confused. <laughs> no, fairness is the goal of the union, but as an individual representing yourself, Fairness is absolutely not the goal. You want the most money. End of story. Uh, so, uh, right, so but again, but how do you get that if you're if you're talking to everybody about your your pay? You don't. That's why. That's why as a as an individual, you don't talk about your pay. But as a union, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Fairness is not the goal for the company. Right. Fairness isn't no saving ma- making the most money is the goal of the company. Fairness is is the goal of. The We've been union. doing it all wrong. I, I can tell you that much right now. Oh, I, I, I know. <laughs> All right, we should move on. I think, uh, I think we we've talked about this enough. I think it was a good conversation, though. I'm happy, happy yeah. to have had it. But I tell you, between um, between things going on at work, between this whole house thing, uh, I mean, so many things are in the air. I'm trying to get the next um, next PHP roundtable uh, put together, which. I, yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to uh, head down. I have a couple people lined up for for a roundtable, so I'm probably going to just continue to focus on that one. Um, but yeah, just uh, a lot of moving parts right now. We're we're, we're uh, a lot of moving parts. It's just crazy. I, my my life is just. I'm feeling flooded right now. It's but I'll be okay. I'll get through it. I'm, I'm sure. I'll, I'm sure. You know I'll it'll help you. You know it'll help you manage. That thing that just too many moving parts going on at once, it gets hard to track. The one thing I don't worry about is this condition of my applications and why. When you're in production, a thousand things can go wrong. You could deploy a bug in your latest release. Your background jobs can silently fail. Someone could trip over the network cable at your data center. And this all comes back to you. You need to know when bad things happen and be able to respond to them quickly. That's why we built HoneyBadger. It's easy to install HoneyBadger in your back-end applications and front-end JavaScript. It only takes a few minutes of configuration and you'll have monitoring done. That's because we hook into popular web frameworks, job systems, and the browser so that when any of them crash, we can automatically let you know. We ping your application from our global fleet of servers to let you know about problems with connectivity, latency, and SSL certificates. And we monitor your recurring jobs to see if any of them stop recurring. When there's a problem, we alert your team using the tools you already use. We can create issues in GitHub, Jira, and other issue trackers, and send notifications via Slack, PagerDuty, or other channels. When you click through, you'll be taken to detailed information on the error. You'll see things like request parameters, headers, user information, and the backtrace. Click on any line of the backtrace to view it in GitHub, Bitbucket, or your local editor. When you fix a problem, just mark it resolved and follow up with the affected user. That's HoneyBadger, where the monitoring tool for web developers would rather be, well, developing. 
actually deployed Honey Badger to our uh, company website uh, this this past week. Uh, so yeah, it's Honey Badger is our our product of choice and an official sponsor of PHP Ugly. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you. Um, so Eric, I, I've been getting a couple of the newer devs at Phone Burner up to speed, trying to get some of their local environments working. Got on a call with somebody uh, yesterday, asked him to share a screen. He's working along. I'm like, are you using NeoVim? Yes, I am. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so just watching him work along, and I talked all about you and told him you should watch this stupid podcast called PHP Ugly because one <laughs> of the hosts is all about NeoVim. <laughs> Yeah. One of, yeah, one of our episodes is all about NeoVim. Just the one. <laughs> have to really dig to find it. Uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy my NeoVim. I, I, uh, I, the, the, the project I'm following on it, I'm really waiting for the, them to come out with their first actual release so I can stop tinkering with it. I've, uh, my NeoVim ha- has, you know, it goes through these uh, these ups and downs now, and uh, where it's like really dialed in well, then then something something about the release will come out, and it, it's a pain. So, and, and it's all my fault. It's because I'm not taking the time to customize it for myself. I'm piggybacking on this other project just because, excuse me, because I really want to leverage the the. Uh, the Lua aspect of it, which I don't, I know nothing about Lua and, uh, this project really does a lot with Lua. So I don't know. I'm, I'm loving it. I, I, I've been popping over to PHP storm a little bit more frequently. I mean, doing the, the live wire pulls me back in all the time to PHP storm. And we have some in discord. Matter of fact, I asked somebody in discord, reach out to you, Tom, do you use, um, uh, X debug with VS code or did, are, are you still using VS code? <laughs> So I got this. I got this message, and haven't had time to respond. Um, oh, you did get. Oh, they did reach out to you. Cool. Yes, uh, I don't use Xdebug. I do still use Visual Studio Code. And why do you not use Xdebug? What is wrong? That, with that you? was the, you. You don't use Xdebug at all. I I try to, and then it's like wait when you when you write bug free code, you don't need Xdebug. <laughs> What do you well, mean you try to? How, how do you live without it? Carefully. You know, uh, you know, Laravel Collections, you can do a DD in line with a Laravel collection. I saw that recently. That was, that I was use cool. that I use that all all over the place when I'm doing like MapReduce stuff with collections. Um, all right. Well, for for hey. the person who was asking about XDebug and VS Code, like I said, I, I'm heading out of town, but when I get back in town, I promise to spend some time. It can't be that hard. I, I'll take a shot at it this out. weekend. So my, my the person I was talking about using NeoVim, when we needed to debug, he jumped in VS Code and was using XDebug in VS Code. There you go. Is is uh so there there there's another there's another aspect of this problem, which is he's using Devilbox for the, his Docker containers, which is uh, something I he knows I I he might even be using it because I recommended it. I don't know. Right. Um. So the the problem could actually be in that configuration. So I just need to pop on, do a screen share with them and figure it out. Yeah, it'd be, I guess it depends on how Devilbox has Xdebug configured or if you can change that easily. Yeah, I mean, I use I use it. I use it with PHP Storm, so I know, I know it works. I'm not, oh, I don't yeah. think I do anything special, yeah. Have either of you, speaking of VS Code, tried the editor in GitHub? Oh, .dev. I can't get it to work. Can you, can you get it to just work? Go, you, go to, you go to your repo and just hit period, and it just 
pops it open. I tried. I tried this already. Wait, hit period. Wait, what? Just, I didn't do just that. Hit... I did. You can you can change the dot com to dot dev as well. Oh, I just went to like the code the code tab on your repo and just hit dot. See, mine, mine, yeah, mine says unable to open, unable to resolve something. I don't know what it can't resolve. Unable to resolve resource VS code. I that I get that on every repo I go to. So oh. instead of going to github.com, you can go to github.dev and it'll do it as well. So you just change the dot com dot dev. I didn't realize I saw that I saw somebody in our Slack channel, company Slack mentioned that today. And I just, did it uh, I on, just tried it. I just did it and call game on. So did I. It Yours worked. Slow. Yeah. Mine mine I just tried and call game on, on as well. It didn't work for me. Yeah, hitting period just works for me. Really? Do you have How do we ad, feel do about this, blocker? gentlemen? I have several. There's your problem. Let's see. One more time. Well, there's no ads on it. No, I mean, but it, it can launches. False, it can I, false I get, positive I get, stuff. I get the start page, but as soon as I click, it says unable to resolve workspace folder. Huh. Interesting. This is very cool, though, because we've been talking about this, about the about the web version of VS Code. And, you know, would this be something that would take us down that path? Um, I had I, I really th- yeah. Good. You really what? I really think uh, JetBrains need need to get on board with this and come up with a with a solution. Well, it's already running Java, yeah. isn't it? I've heard Java <laughs> runs on five billion devices. Oh, it's yeah, smooth <laughs> as butter. I haven't, I like, I've done it, but I haven't actually changed any files or done anything with it. So I don't know how to tell like what branch I'm on. Am I going to affect production code by accidentally saving something that I shouldn't save? Oh, that, yeah, you, have to, save that, you just have to know what how VS Code works then, because oh, at the well, at the bottom at the bottom it says GitHub, and then there's a little thing that says Master. You click on that, it lets you lists all the branches you can switch to uh, or create. Gotcha. And so does, it, that little does circle it save icon. it back? It saves it back to the repo. No, not until you sync it. Not until you commit it. So the the icon to the right of your branch is your current sync status, your pull and push status. And then from there, you have exceptions and warnings. I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to try it in Microsoft Edge because I don't (laughs) have any, uh, I don't have any, any blockers on that one yet. So let me, let me do that while you guys are talking about whatever you're going to talk about. It looks, it looks nice. This is pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder how well the extensions and stuff work, but Uh, I mean, why wouldn't that just become another repo in your account? Like, have a have a VS Code repo as part of your GitHub account. Why do you need a VS uh, Code repo for for extensions and customizations that you you make oh, to your online VS Code? I mean, it's yeah, it's got extensions there. Like, I haven't like I haven't tried installing an extension and seeing if it works, but it it's got them all. It's got ten thousand extensions. That's it has them install. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's got the GitHub one installed automatically. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll spend more time on it. I was just wondering if you'd seen it. I think uh-huh. Frank and I saw it from Frank in Discord. God, I, wish I, was using, I wish I was using GitHub. This is such a better extension than the stupid Bitbucket one. All right, I'm trying it in Microsoft Edge. Let's see if it works. <clears throat> so, oh, 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 it works. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going over to Microsoft Edge. How, works how, how are you trying to get Microsoft Edge? I'm confused. Because he doesn't have any ad blockers there. Yeah, you know. Well, how do you how do you have Microsoft Edge? It's a browser just, you can install now. Yeah, uh, it it runs on Linux, really. It's just Chrome. Yeah, it runs on everything. Oh, yeah. I have a question for you guys. Lay it on us. How do you do code reviews? Carefully, usually with one eye closed, clicking around to I hit approve. Depends hey, what on is, on the what PR. What is your process? So. 
for me, we have two reviewers. You have one person doing a functional review and one person doing a code review. So a person doing a code review is really trying to understand all the code, looking at syntax, looking to make sure there's no obvious logic errors. Sure. So how um, do you how do you how do you start that? You get a pull request and it's got a change log of thirty files. And- ask somebody else to do it. <laughs> uh it's it's hard if there's tests i i i'm happy i i I don't know i i really just start top to bottom and then have to bounce around often have two windows open so that as i see function calls or something being called to another class i can scroll down to see okay what is this doing it really takes a lot of time if it's a big pr now are you feature in vs code You can get if like with that GitHub extension, you can get the comments in a change request in line with the code as you're reviewing it. So you can you can pull. Yeah, a there's PR. a there's a there's a storm extension that does that yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah. For, for, go ahead. Uh, I, I I thought you you cared about my opinion. It's fine. Go ahead. You're on the big screen. <laughs> Kiss Cam. I, I was just gonna say for for me, I, I actually I actually take a, a couple passes to it. I mean, the first thing I, I look at, I, I depend heavily on uh, GitHub Actions and making sure all tests pass. Uh, th- that's the first thing. If everything's coming up green, I'm feeling good. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about with uh, pull requests is uh, as you're reviewing code, you can collapse sections, the, 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 the code changes uh, as you're doing the review. Mm-hmm. So typically, what I do is I, I do a style. I'll, I'll do a style breeze through to make sure everything looks like it's formatted correctly. I don't know why I do that. It, 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 it's just like one of these like things that I do. Then I so when I'm doing that, I'm cl- I collapse everything down, and then I, I'll kind of make note of where logic was. So I'll go, then I'll start to go back and look through logic. But like John says, it's it's a slow process, especially if there's only like one person reviewing all the code changes. So <clears throat> this is something I've been I've been going over for a few weeks, and my my process now is starting at route changes. So I look at the routes files and see what new routes there are, and then I pull up the controllers. that get referenced and I go through the changes in the controller. And as I get to a new object or a new trait or something like that, I go inside that object and start inspecting what's new in there and what it does and then go back and start going back down the controller again. Um, So you're, you're basically following the code. Yeah. So what I do, if you had X debug, that'd be a hell of a lot easier. Just saying. I know, but yes, I'm following, I'm following the execution path of the code and then, pulling back and i'm wondering if anyone has anyone in the discord or you guys has any good books or articles on quality code reviews because uh, are, it are does take up tests? a chunk of time are well, so tests? unit tests everything in our in our situation is unit tested including including the negative values so if we add functionality that a user can view an object then our tests check that an authorized user can view the object and an unauthorized user cannot view the object. Right. You're so checking we, all edge cases. Yeah. So we double check all our cases for the positive and the So our unit tests, the first thing I'll review is the unit test. Does it test everything? Does it, does right. the unit test, does the unit test read the same as the story notes? And if it does, then I'll continue because our, our pull requests won't even hit us until they're passing uh, the build pipeline. So if they don't, if they don't, build if unit tests don't pass then it doesn't get to us for review 
but uh, and you're also checking code coverage to make sure that all new code has coverage to make sure that happy path and sad path is covered yeah <laughs> that, did, that did not sound convincing in, at all in theory yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's, that sounds that sounds like something we would do why do you ask that's something that's that's been something I've been doing with PHP Storm is running my tests with coverage because then it shows within the code what's covered, what's not. And then I decide what additional tests I need to test some of the sad paths, like making sure that exceptions get thrown where I'm catching them, what happens when things break. Mm. <sighs> <I'm so pissed. laughs> They're just telling, telling jokes in Discord now. <laughs> yes. Good humor. Um, All right, I want to take so a test. I want to take a minute. Right. No, you don't want to hear from me. No, no, no. Now I'm on the big screen, baby. I asked this because this is something that, you know, we have a, a five, six story point ticket. Code review comes up and they're like, yeah, we want to get this done ASAP. I'm like, the ticket itself is seven story points. Code review should be two story points. Do you guys deal with that at all? Where it's like, code reviews are taking up a chunk of your time that isn't really accounted for in your breakdowns absolutely. or velocities? Oh, absolutely. Mm hmm. So how do you account for that? Is, is there a way of accounting for velocity that includes um, review? We're not doing true agile in any of the projects. So no, it's more of a discussion when you're, when you're estimating time. We always make sure you're trying to include that as well. Include I mean, I mean, it's development just, it, and testing and review. It, well, in writing tests, right? I mean, it's the same, it's the same conversation. You know, you're trying to get in, – in our case – it's a it's a client, right? You're trying to get the client to buy into the fact that we're not only going to write code, but we're going to write tests for those code for that code. We're going to have to have time to re- review that code. We're going to have to have a workflow and a process. You know, it's so, and, and I agree. In the perfect world, it's it's not an issue, and, and you probably have more leverage working for a company because you can define those expectations better. Well, it's hard. Leverage is the wrong verb there because responsibility. We've had code reviews trying to push stuff down your throat. We've had code reviews pass that the boss came in and said, why the fuck is this on production? I think leverage in the sense that if, if a client comes to us and says, no, I'm not going to let you do that. We, we have to say, okay, well, we're going to write the code and then the code breaks. And like, you're fired. You write terrible code. Tom has the leverage of saying, hey, you know, I'm part of this company. I'm working for the same goals you you are. This isn't a money grab for me. I'm not a contractor. I'm telling you we have to do this. This is going to this is going to save us money in the long run. Sir, in in Discord says they have a leaderboard of PRs review time to comment and number of comments. So gamifying that. Are you using any sort of service? Because yeah, is that a tool that you can give us? Because I dude, I had looked into one probably six months to a year ago and it was not cheap but they did they gave you all those metrics of you got alerted if a pr was open for too long and kept all those same metrics time to comment time to review so yeah all right you got more on that tom or no no that was just i mean to me that was the big that was the big topic to ask about but it sounds like you guys aren't any help today so no really really not well no it's it's not today it's pretty much every day but in general, yeah. <laughs> you said that, you said you said velocity. My mind shut down. I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that's okay. So that's that's the thing is that velocity is actually a value of an individual. There's there's a team velocity, but usually velocity refers to an individual's performance. So is their velocity the same no matter you, where they live? If the code reviewer 
if the code reviewer isn't the one creating the ticket or working on the ticket, then none of the platforms I've seen for Agile are able to attribute velocity to a second party. It's only the person who wrote the ticket. So if Sorry, my, if my job was just reviewing... If my job was just reviewing tickets, I would have a zero velocity. Sarah, even, you, even you if guys should think about marketing that that uh, those scripts, making it a service. That might, I think, uh, I, I think a lot of companies would pay pay for that. I might think about yeah, making it a SaaS. That's a good call. I, I'm, I'm telling you, there's one out there. I got to find out what it was called. Let's see if they well, want to sponsor Tom us next has, next week. Why Tom has our Patreons up on screen. <laughs> want to thank our patreons it's weird our, our stream has never had a negative lag before that's weird <laughs> that's so bizarre yeah. and of course we want to thank honey badger for sponsoring this episode but if you're listening to this podcast if you're listening to the audio version um welcome to the live stream because this one i'm just knocking out i already told the guys that we have some pretty hard starts and stops. They accommodated me by starting a little early, and they're accommodating me by not finishing on time. But uh, this is going to be a, this is going to be a hard edit for you for you all listening on the audio stream. But we do want to thank all of our patreons for supporting us. Uh, it, we're very grateful for that. So I, I uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I know I appreciate <laughs> everyone. I forgot to take take down the new member, so you are no, no longer a new member, uh, Steve. But we do appreciate Fucking it. Steve. Did, did, did you take Fucking down the, that, that ungrateful one that stopped, that stopped no. contributing? <laughs> no. You, you, know, it, you know, so this is, this is tasteless. I don't know. I, maybe that's the wrong word. Eric and I had a good laugh at it because we don't expect our employees to, to support our show. I mean, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But, that's not why but, we, that, we we don't base our about, bonuses on that business ethics. Not, we're, we're not saying we gave people bigger bonus <laughs> who supported us. That's not what we're saying. We're we're shocked every time we see it happen because yeah. it's happened more than once. But then Just when saying, somebody stops, Frank's got a, stops, Frank has a beautiful <laughs> pool. <laughs> you're like, uh, what, what happened? Lisa needs <laughs> braces. I think I think somebody's looking. They they did just take a long vacation. I think I think somebody's marketing. I think they're they're trying to get a better salary. I I don't know. I mean, I'm nervous. Yes, I'm nervous. <laughs> oh man! Oh, M- so thank you. MHKB gave us a, a PR leaderboard. Uh, he did. Uh, they did In Discord and PR leaderboard. Oh, what is this? This is cool. Uh, PR game oh. is gamification of the code review process. There you go. Exactly what we we're asking for. Well, that's see. This is the best part Discord, of doing baby. the show. And, and it's open this is the best huh? part of doing the show. I'm telling you. Yeah. And for those who aren't watching the video, what is our Patreon it's address? Even a doctor. Patreon.com/phpugly. We appreciate all the support. I've got all the stuff here is going out next week. Eric's got. Oh, the you have it all packaged it up. Yep, ready to go. I need to talk to you more about make sure we have all the names and addresses and all that good stuff. Okay. So this is just a Python script, it looks like. Wow. Oh, we're going to have to give this one a try. Ooh. Thanks, MHKB and Discord. I do appreciate Ooh. that. I, I had to explain it's to my wife. It's two years old, though. It's two, two commits total, two years old. Uh, that can't oh. be good. One fork. Oh. With also two commits that are... I had to explain to my wife uh, what what fucking Steve was <laughs> and why I like fucking Steve. She really wanted to know 
why you said do. that phrase. Yeah, it's true. You do <laughs> like fucking Steve. You have so much to explain to me, and it was it was a fun story to relive. <laughs> so, all right, I think that's it. We're going to call that a show. I need to quickly <laughs> put this together. Stop. See, if you're in our Discord, if you watch this live, you would understand why everybody's giggling. But that is, uh, <laughs> that is was it even Python three? Did we do we, we even pay attention to that? Chris on Discord says all, all right. Python projects are two commits and two years old. <laughs> oh boy. All right, that's it. Thank you, everybody, for joining Thanks, us this everyone. afternoon. This has been episode 249. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they gettin' together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.